Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes, in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Okay, we're recording. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Sam. They. I'm uh, I'm Jess. My pronouns are she, her. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a show where uh, we take turns telling each other weird stories. Yes. And uh, this week, I'm going to be telling you guys a story, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And then at the and then at yeah. the end, I will uh, give you all a little medication because we also like smoking weed, and uh, yes. we like people to know why we smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you feeling today? I'm all right. I'm all right. I actually, eh, I'm better than I was like the last couple of days. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much water have you had today? I'm still on my first glass. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying. <laughs> You're trying. It's okay. You're doing good. Once again, it is 1230 and I'm still on yeah. my first glass. <laughs> I'm doing better than last week. I have already finished one full bottle I don't know how many ounces this is, actually. 22. And then uh, I've already started my second, so. Nice. Okay. I'm going to be hydrated as fuck. Yes. Hydrate. Hydrate or die. How are you uh, How are you otherwise? Pretty good. We're settling into the apartment. I finally put up all of our paintings and stuff yesterday. Um, so it's finally feeling a lot better in here. Nice. I cleaned off my desk today. Nice. I like wiped. I like wiped it down and everything. I like took everything off and yeah. That was me chewing on a piece of ice. Oh, crunch. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's bad for me. I don't need to hear it. I don't care. It's great. I'm sorry. Doesn't that mean you have like an iron deficiency or something? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> oh my god. I also don't know. Maybe I made that up. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't take any advice from us. Just letting everyone know. We don't know anything. <laughs> we know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Except for what I'm about to tell you about, I guess. Yes. I know about yes. that. All we know is stuff that we read about on the internet, so. Mm, mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. Do you just want to jump right into it? Yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, oh, get comfy. I'm gonna get comfy. I'm gonna take a rip. Oh, you know, I'm also gonna take a rip. I've got a candle lit. I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna relax. And uh, I know a little bit about this, but uh, probably not near as much as you know at this point. So yes, yes. So 
Today, I'm going to be talking about Project Pegasus. And I I heard about this story through, and that's why we drink. And I, like, listened to them um, and tell their story. But then I, like, went online and all the places where I got information from were posted by the guy, Andrew Basiago, directly. So I got all of my information directly from him, his website, his videos. Cool. Just just that. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> he also has a website. It's projectpegasus.org, I think. And um, it is l- straight out of... 2002 it's so good <laughs> like the windows 95 just yeah like- <laughs> it's like oh my passion is graphic design meme except it's like a like a winged horse and comic sans <laughs> oh no no comic sans no comic sans allowed um but there is a lot of a lot of information on that and he has been like actively running that website for like 15 years now nice okay so all right yeah so um we are going to start by catching up with little six-year-old andrew basiago all right so all right all right all right i'm excited so hang on i have to find the year so in the year 1969 ah great year he's actually five years old at this point he is in elementary school and he is placed in a in a gifted program for alpha intelligence training and basically same it's testing innate psychic abilities in small children um and he, you know, spends some time in that and is decided that he's really good. And they tell his parents that he's very promising. Just put that aside for a second. Okay. All right. I'm like, wait, how do they know? About a year later. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Two years later in 1971, because I'm really good at math. <laughs> oh, yes. I kind of, like, looked up at the ceiling. I had to, like, think about it. I was like, yes, that is two years. (laughs) (laughs) That is two years. (laughs) Who would have thought? Not me. Um, So, okay. So the year is 1971 now. And one day, um, Andy's dad takes Andy by the hand. Andy's dad's name is Raymond. Oh. By the way. It's my grandfather's Um, name. So Raymond takes his son by the hand and says... Andy, we're going to go to the hardware store. So let's get in the car and we're going to go to the hardware store. And uh, they start driving and they're driving for a while. And he's like seven and he's figuring out that they're not going to the hardware yeah. store. And they pull up in front of this very big building. And your dad's like, and your dad, my his dad. dad was like, <laughs> my dad's in this story too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <Lou>. <laughs> Um, that would not surprise me at all. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) Okay, so Raymond is like, okay, we're not going to the hardware store. We're going to go into this building. And they go into this building, and they kind of go through some security, and they go into this, like, 
classroom sized room basically it looks like a classroom you know the walls are bare but on the far side of the room there are um i'm sorry i had to write it down it's cool oh here we go (laughs) so on the far side of the room there are people in here they're all in lab coats or suits they're all looking very professional um he's the only kid in this room right now And um, at the far end of the room, there are two parentheses-shaped booms, eight feet tall, and with ten feet in between them. So they look like these really big, like, Stargate motherfuckers. Oh. Right? Like like a portal kind of thing? Yes. Oh. Yes, at the end of the room. And, um, you know, his dad is like, okay, so we're here, and we're actually gonna... We're going to walk through that. And he... He's like, this isn't the hardware store. Yeah, he leads Andy over to the portal. And um, he can see it's kind of like shimmering. He's not really sure what it is. And his dad's like, hold my hand really tight. But if we get separated, then when we come out on the other side, like, don't look for me. I'll look for you. So he and his dad count to three and they both step into the portal. And <laughs> this kid started in New Jersey, by the way. They're in New Jersey. The portal thing is in New Jersey? Okay. Yes, and that is where Andrew and his family live. They live in New Jersey. Okay. All right. So it takes some time to go through this portal, and he's in there for like a half an hour, and he does get separated from his dad, and then all of a sudden he just is put out in a field. And he doesn't see his dad around, but he's like, I don't know where I am, basically. And he didn't listen to his dad, so he, like, starts running around looking for his dad. So it takes him, like... (laughs) You idiot! It takes him, like, an hour to find each other. But then they, like, his dad is like, all right, I know where we are. Don't worry. So they, like, start walking. They get to the closest town, and his dad has... um, like, a government vehicle waiting for them. And he's like, all right, we're going to get in this car. And they drive to where he now, or where his father tells him is the capital of New Mexico. So... Oh, hell yeah. They're in Santa Fe, man. (laughs) So they are no longer in New Jersey. (laughs) I need one of those portals. I do. I do. For anyone who doesn't know, I am from Albuquerque, which is about... I don't know, 45 minutes away yeah. from Santa Fe. I need that portal. Yep. Um, so they go, they go to the, like the Capitol building. Or I don't think it's the Capitol building. I think they go to the Capitol and then there's another like building there that yeah. they go, they get dropped off, they go through security again, you know, he has to show his credentials. And they finally like go up and they go into another lab room and in that lab room, there's an identical set of parentheses, the portal. Wait, so so it didn't go, like, portal to portal? No. <laughs> they just dropped them in a field and make them, made them find their way to the next portal? Yeah. That's not very nice. It's not accurate, man. Okay, you're right. I'm, I'm expecting too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> this is early stages of the technology. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. It's fine. It's fine. So, basically, that is 
Andrew's first time teleporting. At seven years old. At seven years old. Um, And he didn't know it at the time, but he became the first American child to teleport. But just keep that in mind. Okay. (laughs) So they go back to New Jersey, and um, over the next four years or so, um, Andrew starts making frequent teleportation and then eventually time jumps. Oh. So. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so. So he's just, like, in there. He's just, like, So he's it. in there. So the reason that he got chosen for this program was obviously because his dad was involved. Yeah. You, you know, that's just how it happens, right? And then he, like, tested positively during those psychic experiences when he was slightly younger so they thought he would have like a better chance basically okay of being able to like handle the the mental um yeah stuff that they were gonna put him through and like memory and had a good memory and stuff yeah that's that none of that can be healthy for (laughs) such a young child so yeah right yeah yeah (laughs) He's like, this is one of my first memories. Life was a piece of cake after this. <laughs> yeah, basically. Jesus. Um, so at this point, he's making multiple jumps through space, not time yet. Okay. It will get to time. So he's Jeez. just basically going to and from like New Mexico, and then eventually they move their headquarters to El Segundo, California. Oh, okay. And all this time, his dad is kind of using him as like a little trophy kid he's going to a lot of meetings that maybe kids shouldn't be going to and because for some reason people forget that kids are human and <laughs> yeah, what the hell? they say a lot of stuff around kids that they maybe wouldn't want getting out so a lot of this stuff a lot of this information is stuff that he's telling and like he heard it firsthand yeah. Because, like, he's just in the room with, like, his dad, who um, actually is a... Hang on. So Raymond is a U.S. Army Major Second Reserve, and he works for the Ralph M. Parsons Corporation as an engineer. Wait, so that was... That's his... Oh, okay. Yeah, Ray is his dad. Raymond is his dad. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yes, Raymond is his dad. I'm so bad with names. That's okay. So Raymond... And his son, Andrew. And Andrew's our main character. Yes, thank you. Yes. I got that. Okay, good. (laughs) So, because his dad is, like, deeply involved in this, he is going to a lot of, like, uh, important meetings and Mm -hmm. stuff. And hearing a lot of things that he shouldn't, and remembering a lot of things that he should have never heard. Um, So, this all contributes to the fact that he's saying this now. Yeah. So... After a while, he's kind of, like, in this group of kids. There's nine other kids in his group, and they're all, like, basically they go to schooling there. They go to church on Sundays all as a group. Hmm. They um, all go through this rigorous training to eventually jump back in time and to observe and report Okay. So, all of this is run through a 
agency called DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. I was going to say, I've definitely heard that before, and I never remember what it stands for. Yeah, they are, um, they're a real organization. Um, they are an agency of the U.S. Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. Okay. This is a military thing. So, yeah, this they're they do a lot of stuff related to UFOs, I think. I think that's why I've heard it so much. Uh yes, usually that is the organization that they talk about with UFOs. Yeah. And then also involved in Project Pegasus was um the CIA. Of course. And how we know the CIA is involved is, um, so his dad worked for this corporation, but was also the liaison between the Curtis Wright Corporation and the CIA. And then Andrew went to, like, validate this. He's like, hey, can you tell me if my dad ever worked for you guys? And the CIA was like, hey, we're not allowed to tell you that this person worked for us or not okay um or we're not allowed to tell you what this person did or whatever and it was like oh man i'm sorry i said that really badly but basically he was working for the cia he was like his dad was working for the cia (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i thought i heard i thought that um i remembered it in them saying something along the lines of like like, we're not allowed to tell family members about whether or not their family is involved. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it was, like, pretty much, like, confirming. Yes. Like, I feel like I specifically yeah. remembered that, because that was when I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm sorry I got that quote a little bit wrong, but... Dude, whatever. The CIA was there and deeply involved in probably funding this. Yes. Yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. <sighs> okay. So he and these kids, they were the group. There was actually he discovered that there was like 14 different groups of kids. Um oh, but he only knew about like the 10 of them first. Yeah. And they were Project Pegasus and they're like Mission, I guess, was to perform a remote sensing in time of past and future events to aid the U.S. government in contingency planning for future events. Okay. So these kids are going to go through time picking up information and bring it back to these bigwigs in the CIA in the 70s so they can plan for the future. That's what they want these kids to do. But why are they using kids? Okay. I can answer you that question next. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So they are training children over adults because they are smaller. They are less likely to um, leave parts of themselves behind Mm. because they are less mass. Hang on. <laughs> and they are less likely to have light lasting psychological effects. So they were sending adults through the portal first, right? Mm-hmm. Like volunteers. They weren't just throwing people through. <laughs> just like grabbing people off the street, like here. <laughs> we <Whee! laughs> have fun. <laughs> <And> just, <"Whoa!" laughs> 
but they would like have like physical lasting effects kind of like radiation poisoning you know they would like never like be the same after coming back and um they would have like vertigo like constantly migraines like it like messed something up yeah okay so because children's brains are more malleable more adaptable for situations like that they decided to use children and um huh it seemed to work Okay. It seemed to work better with children. Okay. All right. I guess. Yes. Sure. But by the time Andrew was involved in this program, they had already proven it was safe to use for children, but they didn't do that maybe ethically. I was like, how did they, how did they test it? So he was the first American child to teleport, if you remember. Yes. Yeah, so what the CIA did was made a deal with other countries, and they would take their orphaned, their homeless, their street children population, send them to America, and they would be like, all right, kid, like, if you go through this portal and you tell us exactly what happens, like, we'll let you, like, be adopted into an American family. Um, Oh, and they say that all of those children came back and were adopted into happy American families. But there is one report of this kid who, like, came back from his jump and he didn't have legs. And he was just, like, bleeding and screaming and... Oh, no! Oh, I hate... And then a few seconds later, his fucking legs are there and they're reattached. And he's like, fine. Yeah. They just, like, come back. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well. Even if he was fine physically, like, I cannot even imagine how, like, fucked up this kid is now mentally. He's like, I went through time and then I lost my legs. Yeah. And then they just came back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> so that doesn't happen anymore, I guess. Yeah. So, um, this is the 70s. And we all know that, you know, children weren't people back then. So I'm sure they all thought it was fine. And it's kind of sad. I feel like our parents and grandparents, uh, like sometimes they tell me stories and they're like, oh, you know, I just, you know, walked two miles down the road to the grocery store by myself at nine o'clock at night and everything was fine. Like, dad hands you 20 bucks to go get him some cigarettes, or probably, like, two cents to go get him some cigarettes. <laughs> a dollar, maybe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So they got um, they got these kids from Venezuela, I think, and Mexico, Argentina. Oh. So by the time Andy jumped through the hole, they knew it was safe. Okay. Um, so there's that. Okay. Well. So that's why they use children. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that one kid. <coughs> yeah, right? Yikes. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's why they use children. Okay, so at this point, they are ready to start sending these kids through time. Okay. Instead of just space. Okay. <laughs> so Andy starts jumping through time. 
And the way it works is you go, it's not like actually, okay, okay, let me just, let me just, let me just. Yeah, man. Okay. First of all, there were up to eight different things that they used to jump through to make jumps, like different technologies and like phases. Oh, okay. So it wasn't just the portal thing. No. Okay. So I'm just going to explain one of them, and it's the one that he talks about the most. Okay. So I assume it's the one that he used the most. Yeah. He went into this portal, this hologram box, basically, that, like, comes around you. You have this, like, visor on. It's called a chronovisor. And... Oh, this in the combination of the hologram allows you to interact directly with the timeline so he his body is not physically going back in time but his like a projection of himself is like his subconscious kind of yes but he is there he is tangible okay but also it back in time yeah so one of the things that he does, he gets sent back to 1863. He goes to Gettysburg, and he watches the Gettysburg Address. Wow! Cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, while he is there, you know, he's, like, walking around, and they, like, try to um, dress this child to fit the time, period. Yeah. And they don't give him the right shoes. Oh. And everyone kind of notices because they're very, very different than anything that they would have in 1863 from the 1970s, you know? Yeah. It's a hundred years of fashion and technology. Like They're not, like, made out of the same material. Yeah, exactly. So he's, like, kind of standing out. People notice him, and he's, like, kind of awkwardly walking around. And he happens to get in the back of a picture, the, of a picture oh. at Gettysburg, Oh. Yes. Okay, I think I've seen this. Oh, well. I think I've seen this. Hmm. I don't have a picture. I thought I did. I feel like I feel like if you google it. Hold on. Now I need to Now I need to look at it again because I swear to god I've seen this. I'm just going to google uh Oh yeah, here we go. Andrew Basiago photo. Oh, that's it. Yep. Oh, oh my gosh. I was thinking it was going to be like a picture of Andrew Basiago. It's all this picture, apparently from 18, 18 what? 18... 1863. 63. Okay, I'm terrible at years. Yes. And most history. That's okay. Yeah. So he like, he like doesn't like, his shoes are very distinct. I mean, like, this is like an old ass photo, but like... He claims that that is him. Okay. And he is wearing shoes that are way too big for yes. him, and they don't fit the time period, and he stuck out like a sore thumb, and people noticed him. So, people noticed him. Yeah, I mean, his <laughs> shoes are, like, obviously way too big for him, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like his, his like, whole outfit is just not... It's not right. You look at all the people around him, or, like, these two people kind of standing to the right of him. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if anyone wants to look that up, it's, uh, pretty cool. It's, uh, pretty easy to find. Yes. Very easy. Yeah. So, what he was doing there was just to observe. 
just to like see what was happening, you know, get used to the sensation of jumping. If you think about it, the way he's standing in that photo is very just like, I'm just here to look around. Yeah, he's like, all right, where do I go next? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Very convincing. <laughs> he's just like, I'm like eight years old. What the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like, well, I'm trying to pretend like everything's cool. Yeah. I'm standing with my hands on my hips, <laughs> trying to look real chill. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. So he's just observing and... um. How he gets back is the um, the hologram times out. It's got like 15 minutes that it's able to push your conscience, consciousness into this timeline. Okay. Um, so after your time is up, you just kind of like fade back into your body and you're in that room again. Huh. So that's what he was doing. All right. So after that, he actually starts getting sent back to the same event multiple times. And that event happens to be in, in 1865 at the Ford Theater, and he watches <gasps> or witnesses the event of Lincoln's assassination. Yeah. Okay. Um, he does not actually watch Lincoln get shot. He says that. He says he was like, okay, okay. So he said he heard the gunshot in a couple of the timelines that he, or the couple of the times that he was there. He got, a couple of times he was there. Yes. Yeah. He got sent back six times and he actually ran into himself at one point. Oh. And they're just like, Oh, shit. It's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what do we do? Like, you go that way. I'll go this way. Let, yeah. Yeah. We didn't see each other. <laughs> Fucking run. Scatter. Yep. So, yeah. And, like, the fact that not only were they able to manipulate the timeline, you can have multiple instances of yourself. Of yourself going back to that spot. <gasps> Which kind of feeds into one of my favorite theories is that once time travel becomes readily available to the gen general populace, that too many people try to go back to stop the sinking of the Titanic, that they sink the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to happen now, thanks to Project Pegasus. Whoop. <laughs> God. Well, too good. Too good. So he's jumping. He's doing his thing. He doesn't watch Lincoln get assassinated, but uh, they definitely accumulated in timelines. <laughs> I feel like at some point they had to, like, draw a line. They have to be like, all right, we've put you in the same place, like, five times. You're going to just run into, like, five of yourself. Yeah. He says he ran into himself twice on two separate occasions. Okay. <laughs> uh, after the first time, you're just like, God, this again? Me again? <laughs> well, both of them have, they have their own perspectives from their own jump. So that's the... Yeah. Them, like, to... It, you witness it twice, but it's the same event happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, so after he, like, kind of goes back in time, he um, just kind of... I don't know if he, like, removed himself from the program or took a break from it or something, but um, he does eventually go back 
when he's a little bit older in 1980 and he starts training with um, a new group of people and this new group of people is we're we're going beyond space uh we're going beyond time jumps now we are literally going to space and in 1981 andy takes his first jump to mars (laughs) (laughs) this is like so ridiculous so i have a quote for you because he really does it does it good so okay So wait, so he's like, sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. He's he's like in his teens at this point then, right? Yes, I think he's 18 at this point, okay. 17 or 18. Okay, all right. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. And then he comes back and he's like, I went to Mars. Basically. So he says, my first trip to Mars via teleportation was made in July 1981 by myself. The jump room arrived at an underground location and I walked up a concrete stairwell to reach the surface. I walked through the eye sockets of a skull on the surface, (gasps) stepped out onto the surface, and was met by three human beings from Earth and stood around for about an hour before I was told I could leave and teleport back to Earth. The atmosphere was breathable but thin, the sky a very pale blue, period. (laughs) My second trip to Mars via teleportation was made in August 1981 in the company of Mr. Hunt. We used the same jump room at the CIA facility in El Segundo, California, to reach Mars and arrived at the same underground location. We walked up the stairs, stepped out on the surface, and walked around for three or four hours. We visited an old stone house, like someone might find in rural Arizona, and interacted with colonists from Earth. And then they went back. Okay. So. Huh. He fucking went to Mars. Yeah. I have, I have questions. I would love to hear them. I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking about like if if there are if there are these like houses on Mars, like why don't we see them? Why hasn't anyone saw like <sighs> Mars is big? I would assume that's the answer. Yeah. Is it that people haven't found them yet or is it that people have found them like, you know, through satellite images and stuff and every time they find them for some reason The pictures don't get released or something. I don't know. Yeah, I assume that it's hidden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, by some, you know, whatever technology they fucking have. We can go to Mars. I think they can cloak themselves. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, right? I'm sure. Well, there is, like, one picture where there's one, like, satellite photo that I've seen that's taken because I'm obsessed with space. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why now I'm like, ah, Mars. Um, there's one like satellite photo that was taken that was like a perfect right angle and there was like a shadow. Weird. So it looked like there was like a perfect almost uh, pyramid shape on the surface of Mars. Weird. It's a pretty cool picture. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Probably another thing you can Google. Okay. Okay. So this sounds a little far-fetched. Um, so he actually has his story corroborated by other people. Okay. So this guy, William B. Stillings, was also a Mars chrononaut. That is what they called themselves. Chrononaut. Yes. So they were in the same program in El Segundo, California. There's a lot of talk during this part of the jump. Uh, another person on the jump called Barry Satoro. And that is a pseudonym that... 
Barack Obama used to make or used to use. Yeah. And he did live in the El Segunda area. He lived just um like 40 minutes away when he went where he went to college. So logistically, he could have participated in this Mars Jump program with Andy and Will. But um, I couldn't really, like, he, like, mentions it, but he doesn't really talk about it. So huh. uh, that's kind of all I wanted to say about it. Like, pe- that's, like, a big thing that people have been reporting on. But it's, like, not. That's, like, the only place that it's found is him saying it essentially yeah kind of okay it's like Hmm. it's basically like the least believable and like least confirmable part of his story because obama is like no yeah okay (laughs) all right Hmm. and that could be due to um you know memory modification technology or something like that but i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into that a little bit later okay okay um (laughs) so he just he goes to mars twice um, and basically, that's it. What else happens? Oh, I skipped one thing. So back when he's still time jumping, he does eventually go to the year um, 2045. So he goes to the future. Okay. And he goes there to pick up a cohesive history of the United States from 1970 to the mid-1940s. And he's going to pick it up on a microfilm, which is... A film that he will then bring back to 1972, and they can actually watch it and see what happens in the next 60 years. Okay. Supposedly, one of the things that they see happens is the attacks of 9-11. Uh. And that is just something that stuck to him. He was like, holy shit. And as kind of he got older, he was like, I don't know if that was real. Like, I don't know if I imagined that. But he always held on to, like, what if 9-11 actually happens? Yeah. And then it does. Yeah. (laughs) And that is what triggers him to release this whole Project Pegasus document exposing the CIA. Okay, so that's like his like that's his confirmation. Yes, is he's like I was told this was going to happen and it freaking happened. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, and um, his father was always an advocate of like um, the truth, spreading technology around for the greater good of the greater amount of people, the greatest amount of people. But obviously, the government sucks. And um, Raymond actually died in his mid fifties. Oh, that's... Um, under suspicious circumstances that were labeled as a heart attack. But he was really healthy, and... Hmm. So that's something to shrink about. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's that. So that was everything that Andrew Basiago went through between the years uh, 60, um, not 62, Jesus Christ, 69 and like 81. Okay. Basically. So after, during this time, it's obviously like they're doing like weird experiments on them during this whole time. Lots of like memory um, tricks and things like that. And when he wants to leave, Andrew Basiago's like, no, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And... He describes it um, as basically torture. 
he like they like stab a bunch of needles into his spine and like shock him and like ask him to like recount every single detail that he remembers about the program over the years and like in an attempt to induce this like psychotic headache every time he tries to even think about it Uh. um (laughs) it's not fun yeah i don't like that he was like um fuck you guys i'm gonna fucking remember everything and he i think he thinks it worked a little bit but um he really like overcame like basically like mental and physical torture to (laughs) remember this because he thought it was important enough to him and to his father to get the truth out of there out there yeah 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 okay so Well, good on him. Yeah, right? He's like, So, then 9-11 happened, and he took a couple years to release a signed affidavit. He is, oh, he is now living in Seattle, and he is a renowned uh, lawyer. All right. So, (laughs) he did okay for himself. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's 57, I think, now. He's... Maybe a little bit older. I don't remember what year he was born. Um, <laughs> um, and so on his affidavit, basically, he um, like offered up his license to practice law. He's like, if I am lying, please take away my license to practice law because this is so important that I am willing to fucking give this up. Wow. Yes. All right. He's he's freaking serious. Yes, he he's is. Serious. He's very very serious about this. He yeah. has literally been giving lectures for 15 years. He's like he goes on all these interviews like to this day just like trying to like get people to believe what he went through and it's like really hard because he does think a lot of the um other people that he would have been able to talk to all the other people that participated in the program got their memories wiped. And a lot of the people that have come forward aren't clear. Like, they can only remember certain parts or, like, one thing here and there. Yeah. Can pull out bits and pieces, but they yeah. don't. So so why why does he, like, why does he still remember everything? Did he get out soon enough, like, before they started doing that? I think that, I think because he could freely talk about it with his father at home was another thing. Oh. And. Oh. Okay. Now the whole his father dying under suspicious circumstances thing. Yeah. And, And don't forget, his father was working for this program the entire time, and he was in the CIA, and, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like his father left when he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that is basically the story of Project Pegasus. We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. 
We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. Do you have any questions? No, I, uh... I think I interrupted you with all of mine. All right, sick. So um, I'm just going to go into my conclusions. Okay. So like I said, I watched a lot of his stuff and like looked directly at his website. And I think he believes he is telling the truth. Mm -hmm. That's a very good way of saying it. Thank you. Um, And I am inclined to believe him because he thinks he is telling the truth so much. Yeah. So there's a possibility that this is real. So that's the first thing. That he really went to Mars, that he really went forward and back in time. They told him during his program that he was going to become the president or the vice president someday. Okay. And they saw it in the future. Okay. I mean, he's only, okay, so he's only, he's only 57, you said? Yes, he did run in 2016 as an independent write-in because he did not have the fucking $5 million (laughs) that you need to run for president. Oh my god, okay, okay. So he is running again for the 2020 election, and I assume he will run again in 2024. He's just gonna keep trying. All right. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. I'd vote for him. Whatever. So there is the possibility that this is all real and the CIA and the United States government has this had had has had this technology for 50 years now. Yeah. And like I can't even imagine what they can do now with technology advancements and, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, like I can't like 50 years of paid secretive research like that shit's not that shit's nuts um yeah well i mean you think about like how much technology has like improved over the last i don't know like even like 10 years like stuff that i own from like 2010 is like like my laptop is like yeah. so outdated it's only 10 years yeah. old that yeah that's crazy right yeah yeah it's nuts so thinking like that i'm just like holy shit yeah if this is real like i like can't even imagine the possibilities of anything well i mean has any has anyone tried to dis disprove it i don't think anyone has actively tried to disprove it like the cia has publicly denied involvement well but they're the cia so like why would they tell you about their secret project yeah it doesn't really mean much so like nothing's like been declassified or anything like that but um there are some pretty like solid links that at least place raymond and andrew basiago at the company that was working directly with the cia and darpa 
to do something with military weapons. Yeah. At the very least, that is what's happening. Now, whether that is time travel or not is up for debate. The other possibility that I think is um, it was less of a time travel program, more of a memory modifications, um, mind control, and like um, drug-induced like tests and trials. So I think um, I don't know much about MK Ultra, but I think that's I know that was like another top secret government program that experimented with drugs. And that one that one is confirmed. So yeah, yes, you're correct. Yeah, that yes, one is confirmed. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I'm thinking that this is maybe more of that. Okay. And yes, I was actually going to ask about that. Yeah. So I. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if we have the technology to go to Mars yet, but I do know we have the drugs to make someone believe that they went to Mars or that they went to see, like, Jesus, like, in the past or they went to the future and, like, saw themselves as president. Like, I believe there's a point in the human brain where you can just break it and make it fucking believe whatever you want. Oh, yeah. And I think that is a more likely possibility. And they did it as a group for these kids all together. And, you know, whatever they did to them, it make, made them really believe this. Yeah, I mean, like, different different drugs affect people and people in different ways. So maybe this just, like, something that they did just made it to where it affected him way more than it affected any of those other kids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, another thing um, is that they specifically targeted Catholics and Mormons to participate in this program because they would be less reluctant to discuss anything ungodly that might have gone on or anything that they might have seen going on. Mm. And they would be less likely to talk because they'd be like, they are God-fearing individuals and they... What are they going to do? Like, if you tell them you went to Mars, they'll be like, well, that doesn't work because, you know, whatever God. And so they're, like, less likely to talk about it overall. Yeah. That that one makes sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's family um, was devout Catholic. His dad was very Catholic. His mom was as well. Um, like I said, the the group of kids that he was in, they went to mass every Sunday as a group. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So... That checks out. That's that's just something that I thought was just like, ah! we want you to participate in a program that you don't, we don't want you to talk about at all. So, yeah. so we're going to pick the people who like have no reason to talk about it. And in fact, like it, they're looked down upon for talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So they did a lot of stuff to make sure that no one wanted to talk about what happened. And I think it's reasonable to say that something did happen, but I don't know what. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure stuff was happening. Yes. But to Andrew Basiago, this has all been very real. And um yeah. I mean, he's like putting his like entire career on the line for it i mean this has been his life this has been his like he, this is like i need to get the truth out there and he's putting everything on the line for it so i really believe that he believes in himself 
and his memory, whether it's been modified or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is basically Project Pegasus. Yay! Kind of. Yeah. Besides the traumatizing parts. (laughs) It was, yes, it was very traumatizing. There were some kind of gross things that I found out, and I was like, oh, ethics was just not even a thing. Yeah. Especially in a government top secret program, they definitely don't have any ethics, and they're not against testing on children. Yeah. Yep. That is the bare minimum that I got out of that. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I kind of want to, I'm going to watch some more of his stuff and I'm going to keep an eye out and see if like anything new happens in, you know, the coming years or whatever. Um, so if there's an update, we'll let it happen. Oh, yeah. I want to see if he becomes president now. Yeah. So keep an eye out. Um, Andrew. <laughs> Actually, I think his name is um, pronounced Bashago. Oh. Bashago. So I'm sorry, Andy. Um, (laughs) That's okay. He will be a write-in candidate for the independent. Huh. All right. Well, so something to think about. If you know, if you don't know what else to do, just... (laughs) Write-in Andrew. (laughs) Just Andrew. I believe he would be a very good president. He is trying to uh, declassify all CIA information. Yeah. And he really is trying to focus on preservation of fossil fuels and loves renewable energy. Yeah, Because the future that he saw in 2045 was a time of peace and prosperity. Oh, oh, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like... (laughs) He's a pretty genuine guy, too. If you go and if um, you want to learn more about this, yeah, just um, go on YouTube, just search Project Pegasus or Andrew Basiago and um, his newer stuff. I would recommend watching before his like um, stuff from like the mid 2000s because he's gotten a lot better at public speaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you brought that up. (laughs) Yep. That would be my only recommendation, but a lot of what he has to say is, like, very valid and very good, and he, he, like, knows what he's talking about at this point. Yeah. Must have gotten, like, a a coach, like a public speaking coach or something. Yeah. Or he just talked enough, you figured it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got more confident, maybe. I don't know if he's married, but his wife is like, oh, (laughs) I don't know. All right. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) That was great, dude. Thank you. There was actually a, a lot of stuff in there that I that I did not know about. So uh, cool. I'm very stoked. That was good. Thank you. I have to pee really bad. So I I'm actually gonna... also am probably going to do the same thing and get some more water. Yes, correct. So we'll all right. Back. Ready? <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> Where'd you go? There you are. Mm, we're gonna put my notes over here. Are you ready? For me to medicate you? Yes, please. I would like some medication. All right. So this one, this one was actually posted yesterday. Um, so we're we're recording this on the 14th. This was posted on my birthday, which was May 13th. Wow. Um, very early in the morning at like 6.55 in the morning. Too early. Uh, <laughs> yes, too early. <laughs> what are you doing up? Um... And it's on a website called The Motley Fool, which I thought wasn't going to be legitimate, but it is a completely legitimate website. Um, it's actually a website for investing. 
Weird. Um, their tagline is, making the world smarter, happier, and richer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're going to like this. Okay. I think you're going to like this. You're making the face like, oh, I don't like this already. Uh, bootlicker. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. That's no, fine. It's fine. So uh, the article, the article is, uh, cannabis may show promise in treating COVID-19. Wow. Here's what it means for the pot industry. It is by, uh, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Zuiyan Sun. And where'd it go? Oh, okay. So... There was a recent study done by the University of Lethbridge in Alberta, Canada, that shows that certain strains of cannabis can inhibit viral activity caused by coronavirus. So this is a quote. Like all other respiratory viruses, coronavirus is transmitted through tiny respiratory droplets ejected through a cough or sneeze from an infected patient. After a healthy patient inhales such droplets, the virus facilitates its entry into its new host by attaching itself to cellular, to cellular receptors in lung, intestinal, and oral tissues via angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, or ACE2. Nice. ACE2. Recently, the scientific community has reached a consensus that ACE2 is the main rel- cellular receptor responsible for COVID-19's entry into host cells. Wow. Okay. So we know what a sativa is, but sativa is a strain or variety um, of cannabis that has more narrow leaves, um, and people people think, or it seems like, um, sativas have energizing, like, uplifting effects, typically, um, as opposed to indica, which kind of, like, slows you down and makes you a little bit more lethargic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Butterfly. The cats are meowing. <laughs> I'm hoping it picked that up. (laughs) So anyway, so in this study, they injected different kinds of extracts from sativa strains into artificial human tissues that contained that enzyme, that ACE2 enzyme. Some strains reduced the receptor activity by 73%. Wow. Which gives you a significantly uh, smaller chance of becoming infected. Wow. And the results were the results were statistically significant. Okay. So some more stuff that was pretty good, pretty convincing here. Um, according to the study, quote, the extracts of our most successful and novel high CBD sativa lines may become a useful and safe addition to the treatment of COVID-19 as an adjunct therapy. They can be used to develop easy-to-use preventative treatments in the form of mouthwash and throat gargle. <laughs> products for both clinical and at-home use oh my god that's so good yeah okay yeah okay 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 what part of the weed makes it not work i'm sorry did you say that did you say so so there's that enzyme there's that ace2 enzyme yeah that um oh okay so the the enzyme is what allows the virus to connect to the cellular receptors. Oh, okay. And the the extracts from these strains inhibits that receptor's activity. Yeah. Okay. By 73%. Okay, so what is in the extract, I guess? Is it THC? Is it CBD? Is it... It is novel high CBD sativa lines. Okay, thank you. 
So it's 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 the CBD I think okay. that does it. Uh, there's some more here. So hold on, mm-hmm. that might explain it a little bit more for you. Okay, okay, yeah. Sorry, I just like wondered if I missed that. I was like, wait a second. No, it's all right. It, it was uh, I I found this like. I saw it actually originally yesterday. I saw it on Twitter. Somebody on Twitter posted it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I kind of looked at the, I looked at the website and I was like, mm, that can't be real. Um, but then I looked at it again later and I was like, wow, it is real. So I just like kind of copied and pasted everything. Okay. But I did read through it because it's very convincing. Anyway. Convincing. Anyway, so it's important to note the study is preclinical and has not yet been peer reviewed. Mm. Um, so if they do decide to make these products out of CBD, I'm assuming they're going to do, they're assuming it's, or I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, CBD mouthwash um, and stuff like that. But they would obviously still have to test the products once they're made. Right. But there was a quote in here, which was the reason why I picked this. Uh, Given the current dire and rapidly evolving epi- epidemiological situation, sorry, big word. every possible, yeah, every possible therapeutic opportunity and avenue must be considered. So we should all just smoke weed, is what she's saying. I mean, I have been, and I'm okay. <laughs> That's true. I've also been wearing a mask. I've also been staying inside. Yes, I also haven't left my house in two months. I wear yeah. masks. Yes. I have like 16 things of hand sanitizer. I take full advantage of Trader Joe's uh, two per, two uh, two hand sanitizer things per person limit. <laughs> but every time I go, I buy two. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. One more, one more part here. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Uh, scientists in Israel are now conducting three clinical trials to test the effects of cannabis oil, better known as CBD, in repairing cells damaged by COVID-19, citing the plant's well-known anti-inflammatory properties. So how, how promising is all of this, right? Uh, these are quotes. The vast majority of severe cases of COVID-19 lead to fatalities based on a phenomenon called cytokine storms. In these cases, the coronavirus induces extraordinary levels of immune response from the body, causing white blood cells to attack and destroy healthy, healthy tissues, especially those in the lungs. Coincidentally, there were studies conducted on the effects of psychotine activity in cells due to cannabis before the COVID-19 outbreak occurred. In these studies, it was, deter- it was determined one active ingredient in cannabis, tetrahydrocannabid oil, THC, inhibited psychotine activity. Oh, cytokine activity, sorry. Wow. And medical marijuana is already being used to treat a lot of autoimmune diseases where cytokine storms are one symptom of the condition. Wow. Okay. That's so, really cool. That's really promising. Yeah. But I mean, for further studies are needed. Yes, understood. Yeah. But yeah, so he ended this whole article saying, do the results point to a potential treatment for the pandemic? And if so, will it act as a catalyst for the cannabis industry? That would be unheard of. But 2020 has been weird enough. So let's do it. Yeah. I will be honest. My hopes are not high. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's really cool. It is really cool. It's really cool that that's even a thing. Like... I thought it was extremely relevant, and when I saw it, I knew I had to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So. Thank you for telling me about that, because I definitely yeah. have seen a couple of those articles, and I've been like, no, I'm not going to listen to that or, like, read yeah. that. Yeah. It looks dumb. Yeah. I mean, it, it 
it, like I said, it was posted on a website that I like swore it was. I swore it was fake. Yeah. Um, but it seems pretty legit. I mean, this guy's like sources seem accurate. So yeah, it was posted on my birthday. So birthday. It's a sign. All right. Um. Well. Um. I guess we should say what we're working on. Okay. So the people know. Yeah. So we are. Going to be doing a shorter, smaller episode at some point. Whatever we decide to call that. Can somebody please give us suggestions for what to call that? Please tweet us. <laughs> please tweet us, email us something. Um, for like a mini episode, kind of. Um, and I think we're going to try and talk about our experiences. At some point, I have a friend who has had some experiences that she wants to talk about. Um, Sam's former roommate has some experiences that she wants to talk about. So, yeah, and if you have any stories, just send them to us, and we can talk about those, too. Yeah. Yep. Very excited about that. And then, in the future, we will be recording more episodes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just going to do the yeah. two and then stop. I think I think this is working pretty well. Yeah. We ironed, out, we ironed out the kinks from episode one. Episode one was a little rough. Listen to this one first. <laughs> we may have to record part of episode one, so if it sounds weird, that's why. Episode two, secrets. Ha <laughs> ha. If you made it this far, <laughs> now you know why the first one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> or if you listen to this one first, just maybe just, I don't know, maybe get like halfway through the first, I don't know. Do what you want. <laughs> just, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> Um, oh, I also wanted to say thank you to the almost 100 people who have liked our Facebook page. Did you notice that? Yes! Oh my god, that's incredible. I am blown away just by the support. Just by the support. Yeah, I feel like for most people, 100 isn't a lot, but that's, I mean, getting close to 100 is like, ugh. <laughs> that's like crazy to me. Yeah, 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 yeah same. <sighs> So, yeah, thank you, and thank you to our Patreons already. Patreon patrons? Patreon patrons. <laughs> I'm going to stop saying that word now. Anyways. I like, I mean, I like it. It makes sense. They make it confusing. It does. It's very confusing. <laughs> I don't love that word, but yeah, thank you for that. Patrons makes me feel like it's like we're in a restaurant. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're a restaurant now. We're here to seat you. <laughs> right where you currently are. Just stay there. Right here. Don't move. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Also, uh, thanks to Dom D'Alfonso for our logo. Thanks to Chris Elmquist for our theme. Thanks to uh, anyone else who's <laughs> asked us about this or been amping us up. Thank you for listening to this. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That helps a lot. Um, and review us where you can. I, th I think we're on a few places at yes, this point. So. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> and follow us on social media. Send us emails, all that junk. Yes. Would you like to tell them where to find us on social media? <coughs> you could say no. <laughs> No, I was clearing my throat. It was just a really bad one. 
You can find us on Twitter at weird underscore pod. You can find us on Instagram at YBOW podcast. We're on Facebook. Um, again, we're on Patreon, Patreon slash your brain on weird. And yeah, uh, our email is your brain on weird at gmail.com. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So uh, thank you again for listening. And uh, this has been Your Brain on Weird. Also our brains on weird. Our brains on weird. Everyone's brains on weird. All the time. All the time. Watch your brains on weird.